3: The Talk Sport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via Apple participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply. See you at mcdonalds.com. <laughs>
0: Okay, welcome everybody to the episode of Everton City Podcast, a lunchtime game, game midday kickoff. so uh, I was back home by uh, 2.30 and uh, it wasn't a bad afternoon really, I think anybody uh, who thinks anything less than a cup half full is being a bit churlish. The final score was City 1, Swansea City 1, Swansea coming into this on a good uh, run of form and um well joining me are two regulars on the podcast and two uh people with very strong opinions and uh considered opinions. well that's uh ian and uh dave dave fairs welcome guys um a a good a good day at the office you first dave
4: yeah i i thought it was a shame we conceded when we did i thought swansea had run out of ideas a little bit so um yeah i think um looking back on team we had able to put out. We don't even know how many other players who actually played today had any semblance of illness in them as well. I, I thought it was a courageous and battling performance and you know, it's just it's a shame we didn't hold out and pick up the three points. But I think most people looking at the lineup before the game would have snatched your hand off for a point. So not not a bad point.
0: No, Ian. Uh, again, before we talk about the lineup, but good. Would you overall take the view? Good day uh, at the office, not least because of those last minute changes, and therefore.
1: Yeah, I'll still say I think we should have won the game because we had the better chances. Um, yeah. I'd agree with Dave that uh, Swansea had run out of ideas, and they had seventy-two percent of the ball to have ideas with. And I'll give you an interesting stat about City in possession later on, but. Uh, The positives for me were a point with a depleted team. Conway's eighth goal of the season, another assist for Wells. It was a far better performance and it makes the performances at Reading in Birmingham even more inexplicable. We had far less possession and we are far better when we have far less possession. Our defence looks solid and I think the reason for that was the fact that we had our three quickest defenders in Swansea. Unlike Sheffield United, we got Tuesday night. don't play with a big fella up front. Uh, and don't utilize the long ball. Um, we had our defense was solid. Our pressing was much better, much better time. It was more of a 3 4 3 than a 3 4 1 2. And our passing was better at times, although obviously we didn't have as much of the ball.
0: Yeah. No. Okay. Dave, um, illness and injury. We, we I think Naki was rumored to be one of the players that, that was poorly. Uh, and Nigel promised a few surprises uh, i think they were forced <laughs> surprises that he didn't want when uh, i think it was tim close pulled out on the morning again oh, yeah and, and, and atkinson well certainly Atkinson. dave that lineup, um, uh, you know the, the three tanner viner and um, praying a lot of responsibility on the
4: shoulders of zach viner and i thought he rose to the occasion quite well yeah i thought he was i thought he was excellent today i think you know before the late change was made, I think a few of us were speculating whether Atkinson might play central like he did a few times last season. Um, but I know Nigel said he's he's not really a kind of talker. I can't remember what word he, he used to describe him. Uh, introvert, I think, was the word he used the other mm. week. Um, so I think most of us probably were plumping that Viner would play in the middle of the three. And then obviously when Atkinson was went out, um, was withdrawn late on, then it was obvious that Pring would come in and Tanner would play right, right centre-back. And I... I thought he had an excellent game today. I thought, you know, I think you know over a, a period of games, he's he's come of age a bit, really. And you know, and he's I thought so. a He got forward for as well a few position. times, didn't he? I, I, yeah, I think he's I think he's he's he's, he's done really really well. And you know, this this is the player that you know you know I'm not one for best 11s at the start of season, but there can't have been one or more than one City fan who would have had Zach Viner in there in their mm. starting 11 at the start of the season, and he's played every league game so far so deserves no, that well. so i thought you were
0: talking about tanner as well because i thought he didn't look
4: rough yeah, at all well. and i thought he
0: i thought he, he linked well with the uh, sights a few times down the right you know yeah he early, did
4: one well, really good on. good cross as well so yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 it was encouraging really
0: yeah so ian the back was makeshift for one of a better description but then we had a midfield of um, our convention uh, yeah james and scott with williams uh, dropping uh, out Um, and then Semenyo playing. Well, let's talk about Antoine as well. James Scott in midfield, Semenyo, he was
1: all over the place today, wasn't he? Yeah. I thought it was more of a 3-4-3 for what I could see. And the forwards were interchanging quite nicely. And Semenyo was probably the most central, but they interchanged and they they did well. And I think if we'd have taken our chances in that first half, we'd have won the game. We didn't. Uh, and that's the way it goes. Uh, but the defence played well because of the way, partially because of the way Swansea play. And it, Swansea aren't Millwall. You know, they, they don't lump it. And and uh, they don't have a target man as such. You know, they play over Femi. At the, the, he's the point of the spear, if you want to call it that. Um, but I, I thought we, we did well because we pressed and we got around Grimes in midfield and didn't, didn't get, just let him sit there in passed the ball about. Uh, they still had a lot more of the ball. I mean, I was surprised with the possession stats. I thought we had a bit more possession in that, particularly in the first half.
0: Yeah, it, but, it was about, well, it was still poor, but it was
1: it was 67-33. You, you say it's poor, Dave, but here's here's the thing. When City have had 52% possession, our record is one none, drew two, lost six. Hmm. When we've had 51% or less, our record is 1-8, drew one, lost two. Now, that that stat, and I know you can make stats say anything, that tat stat tells you everything you need to know about how we are and how we play. And can I just come out with another one, and I'll, I'll go away then, honestly. Uh, this is from Chris Bessex on Twitter. Nobody breaks down a Bristol City counterattack better than Bristol City. <laughs> The amount of times we've been four on four and within five passes have the ball back with the centre backs and eleven blokes between us and their goal, you'd think the aim was was for uh the aim was to have the most possession, not to score goals. Mm. And I think and those stats bear it out, and I I've been saying on this podcast for oh I don't know, ages that we we're just not a good team in possession. And I think I heard Nigel Pearson say that himself. We're not a possession yeah. team. Uh, yeah. And it makes life a bit difficult, you know, when a side doesn't come on to you. And Sheffield United aren't a possession team. So you can, you can end up with a bit of a stalemate Tuesday night. With, well, probably. Both teams, both teams set, sat back waiting for the other one to attack. Yeah, somebody could take you down, down, down a bit in the back. Though, I, think right. Right. Yeah. I think
4: we have to.
0: All right, Dave, think, you're the stat man. You're a stat man. What do you think of Ian's, did you, should we read anything into those stats that Ian's just read? Because
4: they're quite astounding, you know, it's not. It's not a no, fine not, margin. They're very extreme, aren't they? Not not really. I think, you know, possession is probably the most least contextualised piece of data out there. It doesn't really tell you anything about a game. As as we've said today, 72% versus 28 At, at one point, I think Swansea had one shot on target for <sighs> their 72%. So, you know, it's you don't you can't judge a game by how much possession they have you know we, we were quite comfortable with predominantly semenyu just sitting in and trying to stop grimes getting on the ball a little bit kind of marking him in front of him if that makes sense and then we were happy for wells and conway to kind of split the three center backs and stop it like that sometimes they got it into grimes but they got it got into grimes with us having 10 outfield players behind a ball, which is not really much of a danger. And uh, you know, you could, you, you probably go and look at something like a passing heat map and you'll see a big kind of U shape around our kind of center circle, because mm-hmm. they didn't really penetrate us through the middle today, probably not until, and Cham come on, or however you pronounce his name, and he and started to drift around and find yeah. little pockets. I thought it was quite a clever, clever okay. transfer for, for them. Um, Where did he I come know, from there, Dave? Sorry?
0: Where didn't that charm come from when you say it's a clever transfer when they bought it. it
4: so um right yeah I think. um two, two seconds everyone um yeah sorry um just lost my train of thought a bit there so i didn't i don't mind teams like swansea or a possession side having possession around the halfway line what i don't want them to get is possession in our final third and yeah. to be honest for 90 percent of the game they didn't really threaten us you no. with that even with that possession tactic so um I'm kind of quite comfortable with that. I think yeah. the other thing about possession is, is you know, is, as I say, it's where it's where you do it and what you do with it. And you know, we we didn't press overly hard today, but we pressed at the right times. We pressed off of sloppy passes into the into their midfield. Yeah, I mean, they we were, were
0: always played. playing triangles, playing yeah, we, we triangles pressed, around us. But at pressed least we,
4: bad touch, and, and we yeah. pinched some really good balls, and we created yes, some yes, really good chances in the first half off yeah. the back of back of that. So yeah, it wasn't. A, Gagan press or anything like that. It was a structured press done at the right time, and I thought it was pretty effective. Yeah,
0: no, um, I'm going to let Mar- um yeah, Mark. Mark's coming in the studio. I don't want to recap too much over um, what we've um, what we've uh, just been talking about, but um, brief summary of the game from uh, from you, Mark. You know, just you know, we started by saying it was it was, it was a good day at the office, and you know, overall, it was. Would you agree with that view?
2: Yeah, I think. Um... The game plan was to sit in with a five-three-two, nick the ball, which we did really well in the first half, and create chances, and we did. Uh, Semenyo rather than lashed the ball today; he actually got his knee over it, but he just didn't generate the power. He should have had two. I think Naki Wells was a bit unlucky; he was pushed a bit wide. But City generally, their shape was good. They defended really well, coped cope with the with the corners. I think our energy levels dropped off in the second half. We were poor in transition, especially the likes of Antoine Semenya. His first touch was quite poor today. I've heard Nigel Pearson say that uh, obviously we were affected by the flu. Um, Alex Scott's been feeling ill in the last few days, which may... Uh, of uh, you know, explained that he was he was a little bit quiet today, and mm. um, but I think I think you know if you, knowing, knowing what we were up against the flu, and a possession based team we played awfully last week. I think uh, you know one all is a good result, but we should have taken the chances that we had. Yeah. Naki uh, Wells was terrific. You know, it's like the master and the apprentice. Him and Conway, Conway for me been a revelation. Finishing is so assured. And today, Zach Viner in defence, excellent. That back. Well, it free, was a match It, it, it
0: demanded. He had to. He had to give a manful performance, didn't he? Yeah, yeah a makeshift and...
2: Baffrey. The only thing was, in transition, we were poor. Right at the end, after you know, after going back to one-one. Campering makes a lung-busting run out of defence. He plays it to Joe Williams in the in the left channel. He's got a bomb on and he's got to do something with his left foot. He goes to the byline, brings it back on his right foot. And as Ian was alluding to, then we go back 50 yards instead yeah. of getting a corner or creating a chance. And we did that two or three times a day. Got to be a little bit braver in position, but not bad. Uh, Tuesday, apparently we're going to get some players back. Hopefully Andy Wyman will be back. Don't know sure. about Rob Atkinson. We missed those two's energy today. You know, what we we could have done with somebody like Wyman uh, to bring on as an impact sub. We missed Atkinson at free kicks, so let's wait and see. Uh, All right. But it's okay. a good result.
0: Yeah, um, Ian, I'll come to you uh, first on the opening goal after uh, 24 minutes and City were worth it because they'd had chances before and I think there's probably, certainly two that I was thinking, we're well, we going to rue those misses or whatever. But uh, take us through that first goal as uh, as you saw it, Ian. It was uh, it was good. It was good, good build-up, good finish.
1: Well, it was a good team goal, wasn't it? Scott and De Silva, I think it was, dispossessed. The Swansea player, De Silva played a nice Square ball into Naki Wells, who dropped out of the defence so he could find a bit of space. He got the ball, played a lovely little slip pass around the corner. Great diagonal run onto a straight ball by Tommy Conway. Real striker's run. Excellent right foot finish into the bottom left corner.
0: Yeah, it was, I mean, class goal that, wasn't it? Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, And he, he looked Everything back at his, sharpest, <laughs> he looked at his sharpest
1: today, didn't he? Tommy. Well, you've got to, you, you've got to pl- pl- play the ball to his uh, feet. I mean, he only looked like an under sixteen player against Millwall because we kept smashing it up in the air, and and this is the way we have to play like that because we're not a side full of six foot four, 14 stone giants. We're not. So to play the ball, play the ball to feet. We got some good footballers. Play at the feet.
0: Hmm. Dave, the the, the Ian's saying about describing two different sides there, which is a a, a Millwall, the big men, uh, and then Swansea, who I thought flattered to deceive. I was sitting there thinking, you know, Russell Martin, who was a manager that's been linked with us in days gone by, would I like it if my team was playing like that and it looked classy, they wouldn't do the long 50-50 ball. How many teams in this division do you think play Pearson ball? You know, we, we, we're, we're not a Swansea and we're not a Millwall. Um, are, we, are we a one-off or are the others that you would classify as playing our style, whatever that is, you know, good in parts?
4: I, th- I think we are a little bit unique, if anything. And Swansea, I think the only other team that play really like them is Burnley. Um, but Burnley creates stuff. I know they didn't create loads against us, but other times I've seen them. Mm. They've got some lovely passing moves that that carve teams out. And I, you know, I said on the way home to Joe, if I had to sit and watch Swansea every week, forget their recent results, I'd be bored. I find it mm. really, really. I'd much prefer us to play a little bit up and at them. Um, mm. They just play so much stuff around the, the back and around the midfield. And you know, Grimes probably gets on. Un- game but doesn't do a lot with it you know he's, he's a nice no. player you know if you had the other players around him to you know break, break the lines but it's a bit tedious to watch you know maybe that's being been a bit harsh but, yeah but, you know I yeah you know, what, do think? What, do think, time, what do you think what do you think mark what do you think i find him a hard yeah. watch at times. i
2: think you've um i've heard it referred to as sterile possession you probably you know it's got to have an end it's got to have an end product um you know, you you look at us and and the Conway goal. It's somebody running in behind. You know the back three. They didn't do that at all today. They didn't get behind us from playing playing narrow. They won a lot of corners, but they didn't really hurt us. And have any clear cut chances. And I felt that was down to the defence defending really well. Makeshift defence. You know, with uh, George Tanner and Campering. And you know, working their socks off, really. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have. You know, most fans wouldn't have their, uh, have those free as our as our starting centre backs. So yeah, sterile possession, no, no end products. It was a bit, it was a bit safe. I think they missed Joel Pirro. He was at an end of a free game ban, but Obafemi's, Obafemi, he'd never got any clear cut chances today. I was surprised to see how many shots, how many shots they had. We blocked a lot, a lot of shots, and it was a bit, of, was a bit unlucky with with the goal generally. But yeah, sterile possession, no no end products uh, today really. Nobody getting in be, in behind our, our back our back free. You thought might str- might struggle um, because you know because they you know it was a it was a make, makeshift back free. But yeah, it, it, I'm surprised. I was surprised. I thought they would be better. I Always thought they would be much better, you know. A team that came from behind against West Brom 1 3 2, and they've they've come from behind a lot the, same of against other games. the same against yeah. Redding. A lot of a lot of a lot of yeah. other games, uh, think, they've come from behind, but they just look this is ordinary,
4: where Mark. Sorry to interrupt. Where you know, we we talk about you know, some fans say you know Pearson's a dinosaur, but does Pearson not maybe not get some credit today for kind of setting us up, you know, albeit with a you know, a, a makeshift back back three, but set the rest of the team up to play in a way that really stifled them. You know, and stopped them playing through through the middle of the middle of the pitch. Uh, you know, we I, I think he deserves some credit, and the players do for kind of executing a, a, a pretty decent game plan today. Mm. Yeah, mm. I
2: thought the shape the shape was really good. You know, we kept it really tight with that with that five three with that five three two on both on both sides. Um, you know, with the with the with the silver, uh, and uh, and um, Mark Mark Sykes and Tanner and uh, Pring both got forward. Uh, you know, so you know, that that was good. Uh, you know, Tanner especially often a good you know often a good threat with some good with some good good early crosses in in the fur in the first yeah. half. So yeah, it was a good plan. And I think we would have seen out the game. I think that you know was an extraordinary shot by Incham, a little bit of well, a deflection. And I think we would have we would have seen it out. We needed that second goal. We just didn't offer the threat in the second half, which was a shame. But like us going back, like I said, I think we don't know how much the energy levels were affected by flu. Nigel Pearson expects it to go through the squad. Maybe we'll have some more missing uh, come Tuesday. Sheffield United. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's a shame really that we you know City have got a point really. The university today no, but it's a good it's a good thing to build on uh yeah. it's a shame we couldn't win but it is a good point and All i right. think that's good the players are showing reflecting the manager hard work just needed a bit execute you know those those chances a little bit better well if we'd
0: have converted one of the early chances plus the goal yeah. we probably probably would have won it ian yeah. um Their goal, um, three minutes before their goal, a double substitution. And Swansea had done a triple, I think, just uh, prior to that, or it might be, it doesn't matter. They they were very active on the bench. But Martin, Semenyo, Wells uh, being replaced by Bell. And I know King came on originally, but I would have thought that, you know, the inexperience of Bell, Martin coming on, (laughs) for the flick-ons maybe what did you think about the subs Ian and then the goal harsh on Zach Viner as I heard somebody on Radio Bristol say oh it was a poor header out of defence by Zach that has been bloody harsh but uh, the substitutions and the timing just before the goal and the goal as you saw it Ian
1: well what a lot of people are missing is that you know I hear people talking about a worldy strike it was nothing of the sort And it was deflected in the box. And it was quite a significant deflection. I think if it's not deflected, Max says it. Um, So, and the guy that deflected it was unmarked, but it was a poor header, but I'll tell you why. Players jumped in front of Viner and should have got to the ball, but Zach was unsighted. And he headed the ball out the only place he could, which was low to the the middle of the edge of the box, which is probably the worst place you could possibly edit. But there are reasons he did that. And then we didn't get out and block and Chams shot, and we were, didn't. I say we didn't mark. The guy was in a bit of space, who got the deflection and and got it in the corner. Hmm. Um, so it it um, it, it was. I, I put it down. as unlucky, and I yeah. think. It's, well, it was, was me even, that
0: used the term. It was me that used the term worldly and I guess we're yeah. so used to seeing our defence can can concede ships unforced error goals <laughs> you know it, you i know, i had a side so- i had that. a
2: side view so i didn't get the benefit of see- seeing the deflection from the lansdowne side it yeah. just looked like it flew out of its own accord i've I only it, found it, that it, after it, i haven't it, actually it, seen it unfortunately
1: he wouldn't have uh I-, I think max would have would have saved it if it it's throat, it, wasn't it sorry it Looked like it was probably going
4: to be straight down his throat
1: i think so dave yeah. um so struck yeah, it he struck it really sweet on-
4: didn't he you know yeah, you kept, it, it was a know, daisy terrific, for, wasn't it? for that but well, it got did, deflection was it was it a deflection off our player
1: or their player no their player i mean oh, i okay. think he may have done it deliberately okay not, be you know the only way you're going to know play. if you're if you're that player but and it was a significant deflection it wasn't one of those where it just skims his head or something like that yeah. uh, and i think i mean max almost got to it even though it had been deflected but i i you know so Look, that goes down as one of those things. If we'd have taken our chances in the first half, that would have been Pyrrhic. Uh, and
2: Semenyo have- in the second half as well.
1: And Semenyo in, in the second. But, yeah. you know, look, like I say, Antoine is so far off form. Please God, he gets a goal against Sheffield United and storms back and possibly gets hat-trick or gets two or sets another one up or does something because he is a player. You know, I don't doubt he's a player, but he just seems to be waiting for something to happen rather than making it happen. And it is his first at times, his first touches of pass on the subs. I wouldn't have made, you might've brought Martin on for Semenyo because Antoine wasn't having a great game. Um, But I wouldn't have done Semenyo. I wouldn't have brought Bell on for Naki because I thought Naki was playing all right. And he, he's on there and he's, there is, if something, there is a chance you put your money on him, hopefully to put it away. And same for Tommy Conway. But I mean tommy might have been knackered in the end so um I, you know i don't know but I, I wouldn't i might have made one sir but i wouldn't have made the two no
0: no okay okay all right Mark. Uh, mark yeah yeah
1: that's yeah,
0: right, yeah I'm here. Uh, we had <laughs> no that's right it was here and i was worried about the echo um we had a premier league referee today andre uh, mariner. mariner um he let the game flow A couple of instances where I'd have thought, oh, last season they'd have pulled that up. Some bobbly challenges. I thought he was poor on one occasion when he looked to the linesman for a decision and the the linesman was down the other end and he gave it rather, it seemed rather unfairly against us. I know it was only a throw-in or something, but, uh, you know, premiership performance from the referee and another example of refs letting the game flow a little bit more.
2: Yeah, I think if you don't notice a referee, they generally had a good game because they let the game flow. So I think he was decent. I think he was fair to both sides. I think the only the only tiny bit of controversy and if it had been a goal, I think we would have all we would have been all screaming. Um he he accidentally took out Alex Scott when uh, which created a chance for, for Swansea the counterattack in the first half which came to nothing. City conceded a corner. I think Aubameyang Ober, was al was tackled uh as he got into the penalty area. But he, that's right. Do they do they stop the game? Because he took he took Scott right out of the you know bumped into him. And then of course he waves his arms, puts his arms forward, say play on. So oh, I'd no. imagine as a rule, of course if the ball if the referee if the ball hits the referee during the game it's supposed to be a drop ball, although we didn't do it in the Birmingham referee in the Birmingham, uh, QPR game didn't last night when uh, when uh Birmingham went on to score. But yeah, that was the only the only thing we had a good he had a good game. Mariner, him and him and the, and the uh, linesmen worked well to work well together. Yeah, nothing nothing yeah. to report. Referee has a that- good game.
0: Yeah, are you, are you, we haven't spoken you and I, Dave, about refs uh, this season. I think you've only been on once prior to today, but uh, it does make the game flow a little bit better. Uh, although he did give uh, Cam a yellow card when he took one for the team uh, just before the end, didn't
4: he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think it was one of those refereeing performances. Mark said you don't really notice him because there wasn't a lot contentious in the game anyway. But he generally made made decisions that you. Couldn't argue with, and I think that's a, a sign of a good experienced referee. There wasn't was an instant um, late in the, I think it was in the second half. Yeah, it was in the second half after they equalised, where a fan went on the pitch. Um, a couple of guys on Twitter have said, or sorry, on a WhatsApp group have said there was a very ill fan in the dolman, and they were trying to get attention for him. Mark, you're in the dolman, aren't you? Was, was is that in your? Vicinity. No,
2: I mean, I'm in the Lansdowne, oh, but I think that? there was somebody who, who was um, and and somebody else in the Lansdowne uh, uh, that Ian and I know said that somebody went down in the front. I think they may have hurt their head and had some stitches, but oh, people yeah. around were really worried. I think they tried to alert the linesman yeah. and it, it just sort of seemed to feign ignorance. Somebody, somebody who was better placed may have an answer to that, but the game wasn't stopped. But of course, if somebody goes down, you know there have been incidents in the Premier League. Games are stopped. Perhaps defibrillators have to come out. Yeah. Really, your first thought should be to stop the game, and the safety of the fans is paramount. Yeah. I think that the maybe that the uh, the stewards, police were a little bit more worried. You know, with some of the movement of the Swansea yeah. fans and surges on on both sides. But if it had been. If somebody had a collapse with, with, with problems, cardiac problems, heart problems, then the game should have been stopped. But I think they, they were left in situ at the time. And I think they're recovering. Somebody, please, if they saw that, please give me a Well, them Ian, Ian,
0: you're over that side of the ground. Yeah, I know it's diagonally down from your right because you're in the middle. And I didn't know whether it was a bit of crowd trouble creeping in because somebody got carted off the ground and whether the incident with the person apparently being hurt i was watching the game because it was still going on whether that was because the crowd were you know they got that individual got pushed over but did you see anything down in that corner ian no
1: no i didn't and it's i think if anything serious would have happened i'm talking heart attack fatality or anything like that we have certainly heard about it after the game and the game would have been stopped so hopefully no news is good news
4: yeah
0: Okay. All right. Well, look, I want to talk about the fans forum with Dave as well. You're still fine with us for a few minutes, Dave. Yes. Correct. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Um, Before I do that, let's look forward quickly to uh, the the Sheffield United game. I mean, they were the convincing winners at uh, West Brom today. I mean, it's a little bit up in the air. Who's going to be fit? And we don't know anything about the, uh, uh, anything about the bug, but um, Dave, we're down to after... Well, now, now today's out of the way. We've got... And ignoring the Cup game. we got three league games between now and the break for the World Cup. Yeah. Sheffield United, uh, Carrick's first game in charge at home against uh, Borough and then Watford at home. We're sat in the league table. We've played more games than any of the teams below us. Um, we've only won... Two of the last ten, and I know you like to take games one at a time, Dave. But it's a—it's quite a difficult run-up to the World Cup break now with the cup game, the only
4: respite from league action. Yeah, it is a tough run, but every game's tough. You've just got to take it each game as it comes and try and pick up points. You know, yeah, two, two in ten or two in two wins in five. You know, seven points from five games, depending on how you are you. You know how full your cup is um
0: or nine out of 30 you know i mean that's yeah so, so fast
4: spin it yeah spin it whichever way you want at the moment you know as the games are going on at the moment we're, we're in 14th position yeah a, bit of a log jam in that middle of bottom half of the table you know if we could get a win somewhere in those next three games that'll keep us you know away from any any trouble but you know won't that's come, what i'm be easy, that's
0: so. what i'm that's what i'm hoping and in this division anybody can beat anybody can't they i see yep. reading are winning at Burnley at the time we yeah, Whether they are, have, oh there you go this shows we're recording that it's happening in like real time man. ian um I'll, I'll ask you the same question you know we're there right you know we're we've played okay today um but three tough games coming up you know all games are tough in this division be nice to win one of those wouldn't it or you know better win one and lose two or better to draw three, unlikely. What do you think, Ian?
1: Well it's unlikely to draw three um because we we don't draw many games as Nigel Pearson said. Yeah. Um so uh <clears throat> yeah I mean they're all tough games but some are, are tougher than others. I mean Sheffield United are fourth uh they got a plus twelve goal difference and they don't concede a lot of goals. Um so we'll need to be in top form against them if we're if we're going to win the game i don't think like most teams in this division i don't think they're a brilliant team and they're all that much better than us but they are better than us uh so would i accept a point yeah uh and i think if i had a choice and you obviously i'm not going to get one i think i'd rather rather draw three than win one and lose two because i think it's better for confidence um yeah. but I'd, it would be nice if we could get you know wouldn't it be great if we, if we could get five points win one draw two yeah or oh, yes yes or we one, draw one and lose one i'd be happy with four from that well it's good to see that two of the teams in the top three as it as it stands um haven't got parachute money so that proves it it can be done <clears throat> That's true.
0: Mark, what do you think? Next three games, you know, I'm looking forward to the cup game, really, to be honest, because that's going to be a break from uh, league action. But, uh, you know, three awkward games, Just put it like that. I wouldn't have called Swansea awkward today. It was a tough game because they were in a run of form. Yeah, but, you know, th- this Sheffield United seem to have recovered a little bit, uh, having had a bit of a dip. Um, but Middlesbrough will be all up for it with the Carrick's first game in charge. And you never know what's going to happen with Watford, do you? But, yeah. That's not going to be easy. for Fortnite today,
2: I think. Um, I mean, Sheffield United first win in seven, um, which is really surprising. But I mean, it's such a topsy-turvy league. We're four points off the playoffs and five points above the relegation zone. It's it's absolutely crazy. No team has even got two points a game at the moment, uh, as it as it stands. And it's refreshing to see, like Ian said, you know, teams in the in the top six. Um, you know, um, have parachute payments, or did you say that, David? Uh, my apologies. I mean, no, I a, now, morale, a morale, morale boosting win on Tuesday would be great. It'd be difficult, but it would be great. It would. It would I lift everybody's think, spirits. Yeah. I think we could Everyone I think we can get at least a point has, at Middlesbrough. Parachute
4: pavement, so I could can...
2: I think the I think you know Middlesbrough will be under pressure to get a result to get a result at home. So I think that helps us. Uh, you know, I'm surprised how much they've 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 struggled this season. I think uh, I think they they lost Tavernier, didn't they, to Bournemouth? I don't know who else has gone. They got uh, that cruise, haven't they, up front uh, that they got on loan from um, from Fulham. But I was really surprised. I expected I expected them to be challenging again, but that cost Chris Wilder his job. Watford really been really poor this season you know they mm. said they were going to stick with rob edwards then changed their mind and stacked him following week and they haven't been they haven't been brilliant i think we got a chance against them but uh yeah i mean city really need to score two goals in a game don't they to to have at least a good chance of, of yeah of, of of winning a game but we've got players who score goals of you know i love tommy conway and uh and and uh, Naki wells up front they need to be supported by midfield runners though i mean you've got look at the end of the game today chris martin gets played into the channel and bless him you know he's not the quickest what can he do if he hasn't got somebody doing for the running for him he can you know he can play a return pass so that you know that is you know it's, that is the the, the difficulty but Get that win on Tuesday, and it makes life so much easier for those those. For those, other for those final two yeah, and the exactly. cup
0: game as well, we we'll probably talk about the cup game uh, coming up after the Middlesbrough game next uh, weekend. Okay, Dave, um, the fans forum on. Uh... Thursday, it was streamed live. I watched bits of it. I can't say I watched all of it. Uh, And I guess between us, we've watched varying levels of it. But uh, Dave, I'm glad you've uh, come on today. Well, my invitation, because, you know, notwithstanding the fact that Richard Gould is going to be a big loss to the club and a far more accomplished performer, incredible performer than uh, a certain other uh, Mr. M.A. ever was. Mm -hmm. But the revelation that he thinks that we are clear for FFP... But the finances, I know you said on Twitter, a 28 million loss is still pretty bad and a bit more than what you were expecting. So just your comments, Dave, on, on the forum and the Gould departure and what they're going to do about replacing him and how you felt Pearson and, uh, and Tins came across. Because the bits that I saw, it, it seemed, not to say lighthearted, but it seemed to be a togetherness up there. And I'll ask Ian and Mark the same, but you first, Dave.
4: Yeah, it's so very, very relaxed. I think, you know, I think all three of them, you know, are probably singing from the same hymn sheet as a, as a club anyway, which helped. I, you know, I don't know why there was a late replacement of Naki Wells for Brian Tinian, but if anything, I think it probably helped the Forum talking at that kind of level than maybe having players there who probably might not, have, you know, be able to answer some of the questions that come out. And I, and I thought... Also, the questions that come out were sensible questions too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that will help for a, a fairly kind of relaxed uh, a relaxed evening. And a lot of information came out from the club as well. Re-FFP, yeah, 28 million if it's 10 million la- less than last year. As, as Richard was saying, you know, still probably four or five million more than what I was expecting. Um, but I guess on the flip side of that, what we appear to be able to done from an FFP point of view is to be able to offset some of those losses against lost transfer revenue.
0: We've pulled that rabbit out of the hat to a degree, haven't we? yeah, Yeah,
4: I guess if we didn't, then I'm sure we'd have heard a lot more from Stoke who'd already put, you know, 40 odd million in, in their last set of accounts for a combination of contract amortization impairment um and also i think that was about 30 million and 11 million in lost revenue forest had also put in a combination of 12 million 8 million and 8 million over three year sets of accounts for covid losses of which some of it was transfer related so you kind of think if if the efl have accepted that then it ought to accept ours as ours as well
0: yeah, we've not tried to be groundbreaking then in terms of uh, financial yeah. engineering,
4: it would seem. No, and I think yeah. that's why, you know, whatever it was, was it back in the summer or at the start of the season, Richard Gould went out with, you know, we might be in danger, probably actually more back end the last season, we might have to accept a points deduction. Mm-hmm. I think that was lobbying other clubs and trying to get them on side to, to the, the plight that some of them some of them might might have um so it looks like we've we've managed to to square that one off it, you know what will be interesting when the accounts come up and we can actually you know see where you know we actually did you know make or lose our our, our money
0: yeah yeah no that's good and they should be out, i reckon within the next couple of weeks uh ian um you know a good well presented uh trio up there i mean gould you know, as we said on the pod last week, and it was announced. You know, he, he, we we reckoned he was going to go and take that job, but he's a he's a diplomat, isn't he? Yeah, you know, and um, he and Nigel seem quite relaxed, and Tins, you know, I think he's basking in the glory of uh, what he's doing with the academy. But your thoughts on uh, what's being said um, on Thursday? So, Ian.
1: <clears throat> I wasn't there. That's the first thing to say. So, and I have I've seen excerpts, but not the full uh, not the full picture. I'll just be glad if we can uh, get out without uh, points deduction, and if we've done what other clubs, um, what other clubs have already done. Dave mentioned Stoke Forest. Uh, then I don't see that the EFL can say, "Well, no, I'm sorry, guys, you can't do that." So um, <clears throat> let's hope he's right. Um, I don't think it's going to mean that we're going to go storming into the transfer market in January. No. And what was also said about loan signings, and uh, one interesting uh, figure that I heard from it, was the av- there's 419 players in the Premier League, and the average wage is 55,000 a week. God. So you you can understand why people, okay, you've got certain things that skew that, like Ronaldo's half a million, and God knows what, De Bruyne and Erling Harlander, but. You know, so there's there's a lot on a lot less than that. It's like any other average, but it does go to show that they don't think paying a, a younger up-and-coming player 20, 30 grand a week is a big deal. Um, so if you're going to take that guy on and they say, well, you can have him, but you've got to pay all of his wages or you even got to pay half his wages, he's going to be earning considerably more than the guys at our club and as Pearson alluded to, that can um create a lot of ill feeling so it's not um uh it's not a uh what's the right word uh it, it's not an easy way out of a problem to say yeah let's go out and get a couple of low players and you've got to remember when tammy came in we were at a point where we were spending a lot more money uh, yeah. and we're no longer there and i think there's good points and bad points about that. The good points is it, it we must, we've got no alternative but to bring through the younger players um, and it does mean that hopefully the club won't get itself. I mean, to lose 38 million one year, albeit that was the COVID year, then 28 million again, that club was always known as, oh, well, we're trying to build towards sustainability and it's a well-run club. Well, it, it couldn't, it couldn't have been could it (laughs) let's be honest you don't lose 60 odd millions nearly 70 million closer to 70 yeah in two financial years if you're well run i mean and gambling on keeping on selling your best players which is is a fairly daft thing to do anyway because you sell your best players sooner or later you're going to run out of best players aren't you um so Well you
0: will if you don't keep producing them, yeah. That's the key yeah. thing. And yeah, I mean you can't
1: keep, you can't unless you've got a brilliant scouting network and a brilliant recruitment team. And I honestly don't think from what I've seen that we have at Bristol City, um you are sooner or later you're gonna run out of um players that you can sell. And and I think we're rapidly if we're not at that point, we're going to get to that point unless <clears throat> all dramatic performances from our saleable assets, shall we put it that way, dramatically improve uh, in the second half of the season. Or right. should I say... if I just those, oh, okay. well, go on, You
4: can go first, just, Dave. Can I just you chip first, in there, Dave? Yeah, go just, on, fire just, away. Just, yeah. just on that, and, and you're right, Ian, about, you know, at some point you run out of decent assets assets to sell at a decent enough fee to cover off that, that strategy. And, and I don't like talking about our friends in the, in the north, but that's really what happened to Bristol Rovers over a, over a period of time after they sold their Stewarts, their Ellingtons, yeah. their Brownings, their Gareth Taylors, their um, Barry Hales, etc. Ricky Lambert, you know, go on, you know, not a bad pipeline of players, but they eventually had no one left to sell and therefore they then started racking up losses, so they sort of had to cut their playing mm. budget back, and then they, they, you know, they went out of the league. And I did wonder whether they'd ever come back. And you know, fair play to them, they they, they did. Um, but that's the danger of running that type of strategy, and I think it's massively flawed. And I can't believe that Steve Lansdowne, you know, works in the investment world and understands. Things can go up as well as go down, and don't have all your eggs in one basket. Add all his eggs in. Yeah. yeah. No.
2: You still there, Dave? Yeah, I think the line, yeah. lines just going. No, let go me in bring in you, in you in there, Mark. Mark. Yeah, of course. I was going to I've, bring you I've in. I've, next seen a, Mark. I've seen a. I've seen a. I've seen a great summary uh, of the uh, of the forum on OTIB. I've just watched. It. I've watched a few minutes of it. Some very interesting information. Uh, the league average of homegrown players in the squad in the championship last season was two and a half. Ours was six and a half to seven. So I think I think you know that's that is that is you know praise our our academy. We're bringing we're bringing players through, and that's obviously you know bringing around. That's the cheapest way to actually you know to, to actually to actually bring players through the, through the squad, and of course players out of contract as well. On loans, Gould came up with an interesting uh, bit of information. Apparently, there are 130 Premier League players currently on loan to 72 clubs in the EFL at a cost of 30 million. Uh, We don't want loans that will block our own talent. Of course, you know, you'd have had bad examples here uh, the likes of Ryan Kent, Sammy Abraham, obviously, was the exception. Go back to Andy Cole uh, thirty years ago who was an exception, but you know, like you said, for every every uh, Tammy you get a Lewis Dione or, or or Ryan Kent. So it's or a big thing. Or
0: Walsh we actually paid for him though, don't we? Well, yeah,
2: I mean you go, you go you mean um, Nigel, Nigel's had uh, had some bad experiences with loan players and he even had on loan and I think at Leicester you have to go back and it's surprising. Oh. Harry Kane played for him. it was at Leicester, but he didn't play him uh, very often. Well he said he, he I was gonna say enough.
0: that to you. I was gonna say that to you, Mark, when I brought you in on this subject because Nigel, you know, his, his experience at Loanis isn't great because he sent Jesse Lingard back and he didn't particularly rate yeah. Harry
2: Kane either, did he? No, but I mean, it was early in the career. I mean, Harry Kane, I think he was on at Orient as well. And, and, you know, players are like that. Play, some players, uh, you know, they, they, need, they, need to, they need to have a good, a good score scoring run. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've read a lot of books about Brian Clough and in there you've got a player like Tony Woodcock uh, it was loaned to Doncaster in Division Three uh when uh, you know Forrest were challenging for promotion to Division One in seventy six, seventy seven, just yes. had a couple of months there, and he then he brings him back in and he's exceptional. It it Forrest and then went off to went off to be a you know a European cup cup winner with them. It's just yeah. amazing, you know. You just players need to run into a bit of a bit of form, but uh uh you know Form is temporary. Class is is permanent. Well, we got lucky. They We're say. not
0: lucky. I mean, look at Tammy's career. Tammy's gone on. Andy Cole he's playing regularly on. for
2: Roma. I think Tammy yeah. will. Plammy will get into the World Cup squad. But we haven't. We I mean, we haven't got a replacement really for Harry Kane. Let's go back to that forum. I think it's great that you know that our manager is is fronting up. Um, Tinian's got a lot to be proud about, and the uh, the club love him. Richard gould has got City in his blood. He was here twenty years ago as a commercial manager. Went to Somerset. Went to uh, went to Sorry. Surrey, and he's an exceptional ex- uh, chief ex- chief executive, and that's why he's at the top of his game. You know, you've got you've got to give him credit. You know, best of luck to you, Richard. That's a yeah. fantastic appointment for the ECB, but we'll miss him because he you know he loves Bristol City, and hopefully you know his replacement is as good. I think with the club. My position is this: Now I liken this era to the Dix era. Um, we're going to have to be very patient. We might not like the way that we're we're fluctuating in the championship. Dix had this uh, in the late sixties and seventies. We had to build the the uh, the youth setup, which we, which we reaped the rewards from in the uh, in the mid seventies with have who had you know Sidett before he left to go to Hereford, and we got the likes of uh, of Gary, you know the Gary the Gary Colliers. Yeah. uh you know and the kevin Mavets allied you know with the the fantastic acquisition you know the players we brought in from scotland jerry gow tom ritchie jerry jerry sweet jerry, jerry sweeney and we picked I mean I mean picking up Paul yeah. cheesley from Norwich uh who'd been <laughs> who they they well, missed out on
0: because he was local I mean yeah, yeah because he, it was,
2: they had a big, they had a big scouting network, but it's like that now, I think we're going to have to be patient, however much we we don't like it. I don't think the club will get relegated, I think we will find an identity we've got some great young players going through, and I think the club is in safe hands. The manager might not be the most exuberant uh you know in in he's more more akin to Liam Neeson the way that the way that he speaks uh than some like Jose Mourinho but i think we will see once those players are out of contract this season if we can you know we'll find some gems or we'll bring players through the academy and i think we will start climbing the table yeah. but we're going to need patience Covid's changed changed the world world financially it's uh, it's a different ball game out there. We're we are a, we're we're a good club uh, to attract to attract talent. You know, look at the likes of Lloyd Kelly now, captain in Bournemouth in the Premier League. You look at the likes of Herbie Kane, who was, you know, who was snatched by Liverpool his career's on, you know, gone on the down. There have been other other players who, who have been nicked from Missouri, you know, from Academy. I think well, it all comes down to... So inter- I think yes. the players that stay will blossom and I think that they'll they'll benefit Bristol City and, and we'll see them come through in the next couple of years yeah. and I'm really pleased about that. But fans will have to have patience. It's not going to be... It's going to be a rocky journey, but we will get there. But it's going to take time, unfortunately. Yeah. We want things well, we, instantly as fans now. We look, well, we live in a world, world that's, that's that. very different to what the happened?
0: 60s and 70s. We live in a world that's very different to the 60s and 70s when uh, Alan Dix was there. But you're right. I think if the fans are being entertained at home and most of the matches this season have been, it's been okay. Yeah. And, yeah, we were all getting a bit carried away in sep- uh, late August, early September with that run. Um, I just want to finish with uh, Ian and um, Dave because the dreaded transfer window b- will be upon us before we know where we are. Um not that long now, really, is it? Probably 10 weeks away. Um, our assets, Ian, you first, our prize assets. Uh, I mean, one of them was one day in years gone by it was going to be Hanno uh, Masengo, but he's going to be an ignominious departure, I think, whether anybody's going to come in for him. But if you're looking now at Semenyo, Conway and Scott, um, you know, everybody was singing the praises of uh, Scott and Semenyo. Would you put Conway ahead of them now as being a a, um, a a target for a prem club in January?
1: No, I wouldn't think any of them would be a target for a prem prem club at decent money. Um, they haven't done enough, and I think Con- you're right. I think Conway is in better form, uh, mm-hmm. or he was today. But he's had a couple of games where he was anonymous, um, so. Uh, but he has come back well, today because he had a rest. Somebody said,
0: "Oh, good that Pearson's given a rest." He came back today, and he looked at his best with chasing, well, uh, and it was a class
1: finish as well, wasn't it? He didn't uh, get a rest against Millwall, did he? He got battered, so uh, you know
4: he has been. I, I he think, has been rested. He's had a couple of games off. Yeah, bench, but I think it's because it, it, his form had plateaued a bit, hasn't it? He wasn't. Yeah, was it's it, it, and Nice took him out the firing line.
1: Yeah, and I think sometimes there's different reasons for that. I mean, if you're a forward, you need service. And our service, you take games like Birmingham and Reading, our service to the front players was dreadful. Um, and uh, all the same. Um, it was so, you know, you, you, you can't expect a kid to make a, a silk purse out of a sow's ear. But in terms of a Premier League club, even some of the ones down the bottom coming in for any of them, I mean, I think what you could find is someone... Um, so a friend of mine was talking to a uh, guy that scouts for a Premier League club. And I, I won't name the club and I won't name uh, the player. And they said, well, Semenyo, yeah, what would you think if if your, your, your club was looking to um, put a bid in? And he said, tops, six mil. Mm. So all this 20 million stuff, and and I'd say the same for Scott. I'd say the same for um, uh, Tommy. But I think Tommy is the most natural... He's a far more natural goal scorer than um, uh, Antoine Semenya. Mm. Alex Scott doesn't get enough goals and assists, and his set pieces are poor. He needs to really improve on that, or we need to get Matty James on. I mean, obviously, Naismith comes back in the side, and he's your main man on set pieces, and good. But... Um, no, I, I, don't, I don't expect any of them to move on unless they go cheap.
0: Yeah. It's funny, it's okay. Funny what do you think, Dave? World. Yeah, coming to you yeah. next, Dave. I mean, you know, we've got, you know, it's last chance saloon for getting any money in January and never mind the starlets, but, you know, we're looking at Thomas Callas, we're looking at Jada Silva, we're looking at Dan Bentley, who I don't know whether it came up at the forum, whether players have been spoken to about contracts or we're just going to have this, Clear the decks in the summer, and all those players I've just mentioned just walk out the door for nothing yeah, and get the deals because they haven't gone for a one and a half to five million max. If somebody came in for well, who's going to buy Calas now with hardly any minutes on the pitch this season?
4: months. If you go back to the you know the, the Starlets, first of all, and you know, just the menos and, and Scott and you know, Masengo's worth as basically dropped off a a cliff really over the last couple of months hasn't it. So, but yeah, effectively we're talking about two, two main players. If, if Semenya was had banged in six or seven goals, you know, in, in that period, since he's got back into starting lineup, then he'd have a different valuation to what he is off the back of five or six games without scoring. You know, Mm. Um, Scott, 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 I think people we'll look at him and, and see the way he plays. And I, I don't think his valuation will fluctuate much. I don't think it's around goals and assists or anything like that. I think it's about what is technical and, you know, other qualities are. Um, so, but, you know, so Ian's right, you know, if you look at Semenu at the moment, what might, you, what might someone try and take a punt? Five million? Whereas, you know, if he'd banged in a number of goals, then he might suddenly be ten... And 15 yeah. million going into January. You know, he could he could go off with Ghana in the in the World Cup, score a couple of goals, look really, really good, and his, his valuation goes up again. And I think that's you know, for that type of player, it's about timing the market well if we're gonna as it stands. I think all those people said, Oh, Semenya will be off in January, you know, and we 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 all I don't think he will a, a pretty, it's probably unlikely. So that's the kind of transfer yeah. side of it because we don't have to potentially have to worry about FFP now, we also don't need to sell them now, do we, do we either? So that's also a, a good sign, which means we might mm. be able to keep a squad together going into the second half of the season. And then we talk about... But what
0: about, what about the OOC? O- oh, sorry, you're going to yeah, talk about no, the o- Exactly. C- so the
4: second, yeah. the second part of it. And I think what we are starting to see now is Nige testing out some players to say, are they, do we have the replacements in-house? For those players that aren't going to sign contracts, um, you know Bentley. You know, once again, it's all all hearsay. Rumour is Bentley wants too much money now. Whether Birmingham and the set pieces gave Nigel nice kind of valid timing and excuse to to drop him, but Max has Max has come in and done all right, hasn't he? Really? He, you know, I thought so his handling, I think
2: to the his, positional, his, his positional his positional plays is, is good. Yeah, don't, yeah. Don't forget Max
4: as well is. At a bit of a crossroads as well because he's out of contract in the summer albeit he's got a year so Nigel's probably thought well i need to i need to see what max is like can i is max going to be my number one next year with Stefan bajik you know are they going to be competing in which case i'm not going to pander to you know the anecdotal you know stories we hear that you know bentley wants too much money in which case he goes it's a bit crap don't get me wrong you know we a player signed for two, two and a half million on X thousand pound a week is going to walk out the door for, for nothing, but that's the market. We've got a similar thing with Callas. It's quite possible that Callas might, might go pre-contract in January. Might go to Mm. Germany, might go to Czech. you know, who knows where, where he might be That once again, rumors was that an Austrian club were in for him in the summer and then nothing materialized from it. But he might turn around and say, well, why am I going to sign it? You know, let's let's just pl- pick a number out of the air because we don't know how much he's on. Let's say he's on 20 grand a week. Thomas Callas isn't going to sign a contract now for 10 or 12 grand a week, is he? Of course he? he's not. No. He's going to wait until the summer and then he's yep. going to see whether, he, you know, who can give him the best deal. He might sign a 10, 10, 10 or 12 grand a week deal with us in the summer when he can't get that elsewhere or someone offers him a little bit more but he don't because he's got a nice local girlfriend now you know all those kind of things come into it um and we're we're probably at a point where we won't know the, the fate of those players until march april unless you know someone like Callison, Callis and the might go play. the it'll be interesting to see, yeah we're gonna get Oh, well that's that's no, all, that's all yeah go on
2: i've just seen the goal so that's where i see so uh, a
4: lap of the gods
2: yeah go on Matt. i've just seen the goal and it's not uh and cham's goal it's oko flex which sounds like a, a bad 70s punk band it did um, yeah <laughs> he, he's facing away from goal and it hits the inside of his right leg Goes past, goes past O'Leary. Oh, he's got no chance. To it. Whether he's going to claim yeah, it, yeah. So it's right. not even it's not even in Cham's goal. So I think they'll be our, they'll be arguing the to toss they'll over be, that. To t- well, that's not our that's not our problem.
0: All right, guys. Look, it's uh, been great to have uh, all three of you on uh, today. Um, everything to look forward to Tuesday night against Sheffield United. I've got a gas egg coming around my house for uh, dinner this evening. So uh, I'm going we gonna, all have our cross uh, affair, David. Got to revel in the fact that they got a bit of a hiding up at uh, Derby. Uh, Today And I think if it stayed that score, cool. good to see Mark Cooper got off at the very least to a winning start. I haven't checked the final score. Yeovil away at um, at Maidstone. But uh, Ian, Mark and Dave, thank you ever so much for your contribution and everybody who's listened today. And we'll be doing our recording for later uploading the Sheffield United game. On Wednesday morning, but everybody have a good uh, have a good week, have a good rest of the weekend, depending on what time you listen. Thanks a lot, everybody. Thanks for your contribution. Cheers, bye, you bye, bye bye. 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 Really, I ain't think. There's a
3: time I always feel happy, as happy as a king. When the red, red robin comes, bob, 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 and along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead Get up, get up, get out of bed Cheer up, cheer up The sun is red live, love Laugh and be happy What if i been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers Rain may glisten, but still I listen For hours and hours I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again Singing a song When Richard Robbins are bob-bob-bobbing along Red Robin come bob, bob, bobbing along, along There'll be no more sobbing When he starts robbing his old Sweet song Oh, wake up, wake up You sleepyhead, get up, get up Get out of bed, cheer up Cheer up, the sun is red Live, love, laugh and be happy What if i and blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers Rain may glisten But still I listen for hours And hours I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the rid rid out, pop It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you still the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times delivery and times supply. See mcdonalds.com.